0: Oh, my God.
1: And this is Trice Talk Minipod for Saturday night, April the 24th, 2021. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Minipod. Well, tonight I'm going to be covering an article that I found in uh, Mike Huckabee's uh, Saturday morning edition newsletter. And uh, like many of what uh, articles that Mike Huckabee does, he'll reference other articles. And sometimes those articles reference another article. And that's the case here. I'm actually going to have to go into uh, a third article to actually get to the meat of what I want to talk about tonight. But Mike Huckabee calls uh, his little piece, now let's spin the wheels of random oppression and on the surface by itself it doesn't really you know you kind of wonder what the heck is that about but um so i'll start there let me let me cut the uh intro out there so i can uh, move on to the other music Um, So I'm going to start out, like I said, with Mike Huckabee, and then I'll move on to the other two articles, which actually get into uh, the subject itself. And I I think you're going to have a hard time. When I first read it, I, I shook my head and said, okay, just when you think people can't come up with something more dumbass than the last thing that you heard in the news, you read something like this. All right, Mike Huckabee starts out. Let's spin the big wheel of random oppression and find out what's racist today. And today, it comes to a stop on automatic soap dispensers. There, They are racist now.
0: For your information,
1: as the story at the link explains, automatic soap dispensers were not created with white supremacy in mind. They do not detect the color of your skin to make it harder for black or brown people to get soap. This is not something that actual college students at UCLA seriously believed, or is it? I hope they weren't engineering students. Isn't it about time we all washed our hands of these racist, critical theory, race, conspiracy ideas? All right, so the first article he gives you a link to on his uh, article is something on the red state, and it's called Workification Alert. Students at UCLA claim automatic soap dispensers are racist, and this was an article by Mike Miller uh, posted on April the 22nd, and I'm just going to read just a a little bit from his, and then we're going to, Uh, it'll link over to the article that really gets to the root of the matter here. So Mike goes on to say, No, really. Automatic soap dispensers are racist. Look, as I said the other day, there's an easy way to simplify this whole woke thing. If it exists and white people do use it, or white people do it, they enjoy it, or have anything to do with it, then it is racist, white supremacist, or both. Again, America, automatic soap dispensers are guilty of systemic racism. Sullivan Israel, a civil engineering student at the University of California, Los Angeles, wrote in an op-ed for the College Fix that he recently took part in an online debate about systemic racism in which some of his classmates actually made the charge against hateful automatic soap dispensers. Not one or two, or a few bad apples, soap dispensers, mind you, but the entire racist demographic. Oh, to black humanity. Check it out. All right, so now I'm going to uh, click on the article, which this one just referenced, uh, which is in a publication called The College Fix. And it's by, as the other author said, uh, Sullivan Israel. And um, he goes to UCLA. And he writes on here, opinion. Why is systemic racism, why systemic racism is akin to a conspiracy theory? Students claim soap dispensers are proof of systemic racism. This is my rebuttal. What comes to mind when you hear the term systemic racism? Perhaps Jim Crow era laws or banks redlining policies? Well, I've got a new one for you that you can add to the list. Soap dispensers. Yes, you read that correctly. According to a recent online debate on systemic racism, put on by the Bruin Republicans that I attended, soap dispensers are proof that white people are systemically racist against black people, according to some of my peers. But it's not just any soap dispensers, mind you. It's those high-tech automatic ones. The reason is simple. As one UCLA student claimed during the debate, Automatic soap dispensers don't see her hands due to the dark pigment of her skin. As another student reiterated, soap dispensers are racist because they force black and brown bodies to show their palms, the only light areas of the skin, in order to get soap out. Well, I guess you could just put your, the top portion of your hands under the soap dispenser. I never really thought about that. In fact, you may do that if if the top of your hands are dirtier than the palm of your hands. But um, anyway, uh, I digress. I'm joking, he says. First of all, let me debunk the basis of this claim. For anyone who doesn't know, the sensors on soap dispensers don't see human hands. They don't have eyes. They work using a simple device called a PIR sensor that recognizes infrared light, which is emitted by all people, regardless of color. Well, that is, as long as they're not dead. Also, I don't know about you, but those darn things never worked for me. I can't remember how many times I've banged on one trying to get soap out of it, yet it never occurred to me to blame anti-Semitism as the cause which he's saying that because uh, this particular author, the writer of this article is Jewish. But I digress. The point here isn't how a soap dispenser works. It's the idea that students at UCLA actually thought that they were designed with white supremacy in mind. This and other claims like it were not unique perspectives shared by one lone student but rather a worldview that was reiterated and supported by the over 80 students who attended, or more accurately, Zoom-bombed the debate. Wilder Spencer... Wilder Spencer Eck... not sure what that is. Wilder Spencer Eck claims abound... Maybe it's Dispenser-esque. From the argument that white people feed black babies to crocodiles. To, I had a racist teacher who was racist because she asked me where I was from. The scary thing about these claims aren't the ideas themselves, but rather the worldview that informs them. That systemic racism and white supremacy is all around us and in everyone and everything a person encounters. These students go about their daily lives, and when anything goes even slightly wrong, they immediately conclude that white supremacy, systemic racism, or racism is to blame. They don't contend that it is some people who are racist to varying degree, nor do they allow that there is a difference between real racism racism and perceived racism. No, for them, the feeling, the feeling that anything at all negative is racist, that all negative outcomes are from a racist design, and that all good ones must be anti-racist, has become a default setting in people. For them, racism is not a viewpoint held by a shrinking group of misguided individuals but rather a secret force that exists everywhere, permeates all things, and wields power over society. Sound familiar? That's because it has a name. Conspiracy Theory. Merriam-Webster defines a conspiracy theory as a theory that explains an event or set of circumstances as a result of a secret plot by usually powerful conspirators. The obvious objection is that systemic racism isn't a conspiracy because it doesn't fit the definition. But followers of systemic racism blame it on everything, like it's an omnipresent boogeyman. They use it to explain any outcome they dislike, facts and data aside. It's believers cite their lived experience as proof enough. I hear it on campus all the time. The worst part about this ideology is that it obscures real racism and actual problems we continue to face as a nation, including the continued marginalization of many groups across this country, including so-called black and brown people. When people rant and rave about soap dispensers, it delegitimizes claims of racism when racism actually occurs. Of course, there are still racists in this country. I have met some myself, in fact, I have faced real anti-Semitism throughout my entire life. What separates believers in systemic racism from people like me is not the belief that there is still racism or that it continues to guide some people's lives. It's the idea that all things that have an unfair outcome, from measurable things like standardized test scores to immeasurable things like upsetting experiences, can all sweepingly be chalked up to racism alone. I would argue that systemic racism, as well as its connected tenets like critical race theory, need to be added to the list of modern conspiracy theories. There are, after all, no institutions left in this country which by law are permitted to promote or allow racist rules, unless you count racial, racial promotion through quotas, Often as I saw at the UCLA debate, there is little point in arguing with the theorists themselves. They have become so entrenched in their far-fetched beliefs that they consider all opposition to be inherently evil. Many of the pro-systemic racism students claim all opponents to their ideas were simply racist themselves. Instead, the most we can do is confidently defy their claims publicly to prevent more unknowingly unknowing people from falling into their grip. This dangerous ideology is no longer confined to debates on college campuses, but has already permeated many aspects of our lives and is sweeping into many more. From the news media's insistence on framing every story to fit its predetermined narrative, To creating biased ethnic study curriculums for public schools to see the real world ramifications that is already having, I suggest you read the recent works of some courageous Asian American activists such as Azra Q Numani or Wenwan Wu and Kenny Zhu. Especially here in California. We can see this change occurring rapidly, evidenced by the recent approval of the new ethnic studies model curriculum, which still contains many flaws, despite going through three edits, in which at its core promotes the balkanization of California students through race, rather than making them all proud Americans first, not to mention the fear many parents have towards standing up against it. In order to stop the advance of these ideologies stemming from the toxic and abusive orthodoxy of critical race theory, systemic racism and its proponents must be pushed out of the center of American discourse. The first step is labeling it for what it is, a conspiracy theory. So that's the article, and I'm going to play just one quick clip that really says the same thing, but it's just uh, someone on, I believe it's Blaze Media, uh, just like for you to hear somebody else say it besides me. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up. It's always it's a little harder to do when I'm doing the mini pods because I don't have anybody running interference for me. Uh, let me see if I found it here. I got it. I just have to um, get it suitable to play. and let me play this clip and you can hear basically the same kind of in different person's point of view.
0: Guys, I can't make this stuff up. Look at this article. Woke students at prestigious college reportedly complain that automatic soap dispensers are racist. Now you may be asking what? Well, I hope you've been exercising because get ready for the biggest stretch of your life. One student writes that the dispensers are racist because they don't recognize the hands of darker skinned people. Another student says that the dispensers are racist because they force black and brown students to show the lightest part of their bodies. Want to know what this article really proves? It proves that if you look at the world through the lens of racism, you will find it everywhere you look.
1: Well, that's pretty much it. The last thing she said, if you if you're looking for racism, you can just about find it anywhere you look. You can label it as racism. But just because you label it that way, just because the media labels everything as being racist. And like I said the other night, and I know I, I sometimes I get repetitive on some of these things, but um this is important because it it really to me it started back at least it became started getting bad when Barack Obama was president for eight years, because, as I've said before when he when he was elected president, if you didn't like Barack Obama, if you weren't voting for Barack Obama, you were a racist. People said the only reason white people wouldn't vote for Barack Obama would be because they were racist uh The funny thing is. It was white people that helped Barack Obama become president. Uh, he got an overwhelming number of white votes in that election. Uh, I don't think he got as many the second time around, but uh, the first time uh, was overwhelming. So, but that was the simple answer. That was what people would throw back at you. They didn't recognize. Oh no, you don't. Dis- you don't agree with. Uh, the democrat policies or you don't agree with the things that barack obama said he wanted to do like universal health care and some other things um so that's what has become so convenient for the left in this country is we they think they can shut everything down any argument, any opposition to anything they want to do because they label it racist. And all the things that happened last year with the pandemic and, and, and the, and the cop shootings, um, it, it just played right into their narrative of look, see, we've been telling you America is still racist. It's still overwhelmingly racist. But it's just so funny as they say that you look at the crowds that show up at some of these demonstrations they've had, which demonstrations, quote, or slash riots they had last year. There's an awful lot of white people in those crowds. So I guess they're exempt from that, or at least for now. But anybody who speaks against their policies, and I'm talking about Democrat policies, liberal policies, socialist policies, whatever you want to call them, they're racist. But when you take something as simple as a dadgum soap dispenser and say, you know, white people created this because this shows you that they're racist because they weren't made for black or brown people. They weren't made for anybody but white people. And I mean, how freaking insane could somebody be and and these are college students that this person uh, referenced here that came up with that argument during that online uh, uh, debate. <laughs> it's just, you can't, you couldn't, you couldn't make that stuff up. You wouldn't even think of that storyline if you were trying to write a sitcom for TV. So in some respect, it's probably good that these issues come up and, and stuff like this come up because anybody that's paying attention to this stuff, it should further give them further evidence that these people that are believing this stuff and saying this stuff are just out of their minds. They're grasping for anything, and they figure the more things that they can pile on this racism uh, issue, uh, white supremacy issue, the better chance they have of finding things that are going to stick. And and like the author of this article uh, mentioned, uh, Sullivan Israel, and and he is Jewish. So, you know, like he said, he has experienced uh, racism in his lifetime because anti-semitism so nobody on the right no conservative is arguing that there's not people in this country that are racist what we argue against is the proof that we're overwhelming overwhelmingly racist um or that we're overwhelmingly white supremacist in this country there's racist people in this country, just like there's bad people in this country. It's, it's, it's part of a society when you have as many millions of people living somewhere as you do here. If you start looking all around the world, you're going to find those same kinds of people in, in other countries and other cultures. And I know it only matters to us, you know, what goes on here. But to understand, you know, why there are people that are racist and why there will always be people that are racist. You can't make everybody not be a racist. There are going to be people that have whatever it is in their head that makes them feel the way they do. Um, And if you if you say that you have freedom of speech, if you have freedom of thought in this country, then people have the freedom to be a racist. They just don't have the freedom to impose that on other people. They can't live their lives to where you know uh, they deny somebody else the rights. But this thing that you're going to wipe the racist thought eye out of every human being in the United States—it ain't going to happen. It's impossible. There are always going to be those dumbass people. That believe whatever they believe for whatever reason they believe, but what we need to be arguing is, it's not. It's not as you know. It's not the whole white society in this country that's racist. It's not the whole white society uh, that are uh, white supremacists in this country. And that's pretty much the thought that they want you to believe. That's what the media pushes. That's what uh, Black Lives Matter pushes. That's what Antifa pushes. Them being excluded, of course. Anybody that's white that is uh, marches with BLM or or Antifa or any of those organizations that uh, say that the rest of us are. White supremacists or racist. So this article should say, "This is one more thing: the insanity of it, the fact that that liberals are looking at every aspect of our society and and labeling it as uh, designed by white supremacists or racist for white people is absolutely insane." And this, this should be just one more example of that. And the fact that they want to continue piling issue after issue after issue on top of it. And there are some legitimate issues that uh, deserve recognition. And when those come up, they should be addressed. They should be brought out. People should stand up against it. But like this author said... If you're going to, it's like the boy who cried wolf all the time. If you're going to attach it to every little thing that that you think should be in that category, eventually you're going to numb people to the fact that it's, you know, nothing nothing sticks anymore. All right. <laughs> That's uh, it. Like I said, if you want to read that whole article and there's actually some references to other articles, supporting articles um, on this one. And it's in the College Fix uh, by Sullivan Israel. He's a UCLA student. And um, this first time I've seen this College Fix thing, but it should be collegefix.com, I believe. But you may want to check it out and just see for yourself the insanity of, of that people could even have a debate about this. <laughs> it just, I can't, I don't I remember how long he said it went on, but it was, it was, um, it was something else. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight. This is, um, by the time I get this posted and everything, it'll just going to be Sunday. And so I hope everybody has a great day tomorrow on Sunday. And don't forget that, uh, Tries talk live is on tomorrow night at 11 PM Eastern time, uh, with myself and Dennis Lee. Um, and of course we'll get back started on politics is, which is what we do on Sunday night. We start the week out right more or less, with um politics so for now i'm going to say thanks for um, joining me for another episode of mini pod and i hope to uh see y'all tomorrow night stay safe everybody